Turn in your Bibles to John chapter 3. That's where we're going to begin this morning. We're doing something a little bit differently, as I said earlier. We've just looked at two messages dealing with the death and the resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We call that Easter, of course, and we are celebrating Easter. And before we return to our study of the Gospel of Matthew, now I want to remind you, in the Gospel of Matthew, we've got from chapter basically 23 through 28, those remaining chapters, they all deal with basically the last week of Jesus' life, right before his death, right, basically takes us through his death and resurrection. And so we're going to be seeing all of that. But before we do that, we wanted to, I just wanted to do something this morning to basically encourage us, to sort of inform us. We, we think about the issue and the issues facing our world. There's the virus, and there's the fear, and there's death, and there's the unknown, there's the loneliness, there's the, the quarantine, there's doubts, and things like, when will it ever get back to normal? And we say something like this, that all of this is the times that try our souls. But the, the thing is true, it's, it's not just us, it is the entire world. And we think about this, the world has been shut down in one sense, that many jobs and businesses and sports and schools and, and the gatherings, and, and even what we'd say church, uh, because, as you know, we can't gather together. Uh, we can still worship together, but we can't gather together. And we, we thank the Lord that we have the Facebook Live and the Internet. And by God's grace, we get to teach every Sunday. We get to get up here and teach you the Word of God, and it's so exciting. Uh, there are many, it's amazing how many people are watching, so we thank you for that. Let me remind you of something. Even though we don't get to come together on a Sunday, uh, you can call the church, you can email, we can FaceTime, we can do Zoom, we can do all kind of things. We want to keep in touch and stay in touch. Now, as we look at this morning, look this morning, we're going to look at the Word of God, but we're going to think about some of the issues, some of the things that are happening, and we could raise this question, how do we respond to all of the things that are going on? How do we as believers respond in this fallen world to all this uncertainty? Well, a virus that began in China has now spread, as we know, throughout the whole world. And with, with that, there is a lot of places there's fear and there's death and there's the unknown and the world is shut down and there's panic. And uh, what, what, what caused this? When will it be over? What will our lives be like after this is over? So this morning, I want to do two things. As we think about this, I want to do two things. I want to look, look at, first of all, things that we know. What do we know from the Word of God? dealing with a situation like this. What do we know from the Bible? And then the second thing is how do we respond? Now, as believers, we are uh, supposed to be lights in the world. As Philippians says, we shine as lights in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. We shine as lights in the world. And Jesus said, you're the light of the world. You don't put your light under a basket, but you let it shine. In fact, Jesus even said, let your, let your good works do good works so that it will shine and glorify your Father in heaven. So how do we as those who believe in Jesus Christ, who have trusted in him, who have eternal life, children of God, what are we supposed to do? So those two questions, basically, things that we know and what are we to do. So let's start with things that we know. And, and, and in times of uncertainty, we can, we can be fearful. We get There's loneliness and there's separation, and we don't get to see the people we love. We don't always get to be with the people we love. Uh, there's uh, in, uh, uncertainties of life. But we start with what we know from the Bible. And let me give you this. The first thing we know is this. We know that God loves us. He loves us with an unchanging, unconditional, 
eternal love. His love never changes. Now, here's something you got to think about. His love is not based on us. He doesn't love us because we love him. He doesn't love us because we do something right. His love is based on him choosing to love us. He loves us to the maximum. I want you to think about something. If you're a believer and you're living for the Lord, he loves you to the maximum. If you're a believer and you're not living for the Lord, guess what? He loves you to the maximum. If you're an unbeliever and you don't even believe in him and you're just living your life, guess what? He loves you to the maximum. He loves us with an everlasting, unconditional love. And it's not based on us. It's not based on whether we respond to him and how we respond to him. He loves us. In fact, in 1 John 4, 9 and 10, it says, In this is love, not that we love God, but God loved us and sent his son to be the satisfactory payment for our sins. So God loves us. His love never changes. Now, as we think about knowing the fact that God loves us, because he loves us, I want you to think about two different things. First of all, because God loves us, he has provided a way of salvation. Now, think about that. He, because God so loved us, he's provided a way of salvation. And I put John 3.16, and I told you to go ahead and turn to John chapter 3 as we begin with. Everybody knows this verse. Now, maybe people watching who've not really ever seen this verse as much, but people who have been Christians for any length of time, of course, know John 3.16. Listen to what this says. It says, God so loved the world. God loved us that he gave his only begotten son, he gave his son Jesus Christ, gave him to what? Come to the earth, to die on the cross, to pay for sin, and rise again to conquer death. He gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, that means anyone, whoever would believe in him, it's not works, it's not our goodness, it's simply faith alone, who would ever believe in him, would never perish, ever be separated, but have eternal life. God has provided a way that any human being can have an eternal relationship with him, and that is through Jesus Christ. That's because he loves us. The Bible says it, God demonstrates his love toward us while we're yet sinners. Christ died for us. And this is love, not that we love God, but God loved us and sent his son to be the payment for our sins. That's the story of the Bible. The story of the Bible is how the perfect God brings sinful man back to himself using his son, Jesus Christ. So, so when we think about God loving us, the first thing is that he's provided a way of salvation, and that's through the death and resurrection of his son, Jesus Christ. And if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior right now, you can believe in him. You can believe that he died for you and paid for your sin and rose again, and that he gives you the gift of eternal life. Death is not the end. When people die, since Jesus has conquered death, people are going to either live forever separated from him, which is called the second death or lake of fire, or live forever with Jesus Christ, which is called eternal life. So, God loves us, and because he loves us, he has provided a way of salvation. There's a second thing. Because he loves us, he keeps us secure. In other words, when he saves us, when he gives to us eternal life, we are saved and saved forever, and nothing can separate us. Look at this verse right here. Romans 8.35 says, who, who will separate us from the love of Christ? Well, tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword answers nothing. Nothing can. In fact, he goes on to say, I'm convinced that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities, things present, things to come, nor powers nor height nor death, any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can ever separate us. So when you trust in Jesus Christ as Savior, and he, that's one of, he loves you so much, he's provided the Savior, and when you trust in Jesus Christ, he gives you eternal life, and you have eternal life, which is an eternal relationship with him forever. John five twenty four says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has, present tense, has eternal life. 
So I want you to understand that nothing can separate us. So in, in times of this uncertainty, the first thing we understand is that God loves us and he has provided salvation and security. Second thing, we know that God is in control. Now, sometimes when you look at the world, it looks like it's out of control. But he is the creator. He created all things. He controls all things. He works all things. He's the sovereign ruler of everything. He created. He, he, is, he uh, redeems. He sustains. He is in control. Look, there's no such thing as chance or fate. When people say, oh, that just happened. No, nothing just happens. And Ephesians 1 says this, we've attained an inheritance having been predestined according to his work, his purpose. Now watch this, who works all things after the counsel of his will. He works all things. The key is that God, nothing, none of this caught him by surprise, the virus, the, all of these things that are going on, he is in complete control. In fact, look at this, Psalm 135 verse 6 says, whatever the Lord pleases, he does in heaven and earth and seas and all depths. Listen. Nothing is outside of his control. So even in a mess world and all of these issues, he's still in control and he's still working everything. God did not cause the virus. But in his sovereignty, he allows this in a fallen world. And I want you to think about something. God does allow the actions of people to carry out their course. I mean, sometimes bad things happen and you say, well, why did God do that? God didn't necessarily do that, but God may allow things to happen. And so... The, the thing we got to understand is that we're not at some mercy of fate or chance. God is sovereign, working all things. That takes us to the third thing, and that is we know that in, this is what we know that in a fallen world, sometimes bad things happen. It's a fallen world. People's actions affect others. When, when Adam and Eve were in the garden and God told them, don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the dew that you'll die, and they did, and they died, and they fell, and the whole world fell, and, and human beings come into this world sinful, fallen, and, and there's death, and there's sickness, and there's sorrows. In fact, uh, in a fallen world, there is sickness and disease, and things go wrong. And think about this, that in Romans 5, 12, it's through one man, Adam, sin into the world, and death by sin. The reason there's sickness and sin and death is because we're fallen. And not only are human beings fallen, but the whole world itself is fallen. In fact, in Romans chapter 8, verse 20, it says, For the creation was subjected to futility, meaning this whole creation has, has issues. And look, look at this. This goes on in Romans 8, 22. We know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. The whole world is fallen and groaning. Because it's a fallen world, and sometimes things happen like viruses or, or accidents or, or, or tornadoes and all kind of things that happen in a fallen world. We can't understand how everything fits together. And we can't, there's just no pat answers that said, oh, this is this and this is this. But I want you to understand something. Romans 11:33 says, oh, the depths of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. There's some things we will never be able to put together and grasp. We can't put it all together, but we can trust God. We live in a fallen world. And so God loves us. He is in control. And this is a fallen world. What else do we know? We know that we can trust him. We can trust God. He's a good God. Everything that he does ultimately is good. He is righteous. He is perfect. He is just. He never makes a mistake. In fact, Romans 8.28 says he works all things together for good. Now, he didn't say all things are good. He said he takes all things and he works it together for good. And that's who he is. That's why we have eternal life. That's why he's saying that we can just trust him because he promises. He loves us. And we can trust him in all that he's doing. So in, in a fallen world, 
God loves us, provides for us, takes care of us, and, and we can trust him. The, the, the last thing that we can know, and that is we can know that God will carry out his perfect plan. In a world that looks like it's gone crazy, in a world that looks like that there's nobody in control, and that things happen over here and things happen over here, and what are we supposed to do about all this? Listen, we know that God is going to carry out his perfect plan. You remember the story of the Bible? I mentioned it earlier. The perfect God brings sinful man back to himself using his son, Jesus Christ. You go all the way back to the beginning, to the fall, when Adam and Eve fell. It looked like, oh, what a disaster. The whole thing is messed up. God had put them in a perfect, basically a perfect environment called paradise. Everything was great. Then they blew it. But what is God doing? God says, listen, I'm going to work out my plan. I'm going to bring man back to myself, and I'm going to use the Son, Jesus Christ. That's the story of the Bible. And the very next event, and it could happen at any time. And when things like this happen and the virus, people are all saying, is this the end? Is this could it be? Jesus could come at any second. Let me remind you of his plan. He came to the earth and died on the cross to pay for sin. That's his first coming. This is us. We're in the church age now. Any time, any second, Jesus Christ could come in the clouds and we would be gone. None of this has stopped his perfect plan. And when we're taken out, there'll be a time on the earth called the tribulation, and then he'll come a second time. First time to die, second time to reign. This is in the air. This is to the earth. This is to the earth. And when he comes that second time, he comes as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And let me tell you something. Nothing is going to stop his perfect plan. And we know that he's going to work it out. And for those of us who know Jesus Christ as Savior, any second Jesus Christ could come. He could come in the clouds. There'll be a shout, the voice of the archangel, the trump of God. The dead in Christ will rise first. We who are alive and remain will be caught up together with him to meet the Lord in the air. So nothing can stop his plan. So let me tell you, what do we know? We know that God loves us. We know that God is in control. We know that in a fallen world, bad things happen. We know that we can trust God. And we know that God will carry out his plan. So look at it this way. God loves us and he's in control. In a fallen world, things be, bad things happen so we can trust him and that God will carry out his plan. Now, that's what we know. And when we look at that, we say, wow, we're okay. God loves us. He's provided salvation. He's in control. Even in a fallen world, bad things happen, but he's working through all that. We can trust him, and he will carry out his plan. With that in mind, let's think about the second thing, and that is how do we respond to all of this? How do we respond? We who know Jesus Christ as Savior, what are some things we do now? While, in a sense, while we're waiting for this event to be over with, so the next thing can come. Well, I, I, I got these five things I want us to think about. We'll go through them fairly quickly, but I want you to think about five things. And that the first one is this, is let's pray. Now, prayer, as you know, is just talking to God. We did a whole study, I think it was about 10 or 12 weeks, on prayer and talking about what prayer is. And sometimes people think that prayer is just asking for things. But prayer really is a way that we maintain our fellowship with God. We can talk to him. He talks to us through the word. We talk to him through prayer. We can pray. We can lift up prayer requests. We can lift up intercession. We can just praise him. And so I think one of the first things that we can do uh, is, to, is to pray. I've had people say, well, you know, I can't do anything but pray. They act like prayer is the very last thing you should do. I can't do anything but pray. Prayer should be the very first thing. And that's what we should do is pray. We begin by praying for each other. Use this time. Many of us are not getting to be around our loved ones. Use this time to pray for family, to pray for friends, to pray for fellow believers. Pray for those who are hurting. In fact, think about this. Pray for our world. 
and our leaders and our healthcare workers. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, he says, pray for those who are in leadership. Pray for government officials. He actually says, pray for kings and those who are in authority. And basically saying, pray for our leaders. Because, you know, they're making decisions. And the decisions that our leaders make also affect us. And we need to be praying for them. We need to pray for world leaders that they would make wise choices. We need to pray for our health care workers, those people who are on the front line, the, the doctors and the nurses, and, so, and, for, and for those who are sick. But let me, let me tell you a thing we can do, get practical. Get you a little book. Get you a little notebook and write down names of people. Write down your family that you're going to pray for. Maybe pray for them every day. And write down some other names of some other people. Maybe some neighbors, some healthcare workers that you know. Some people you know are on the front line. Some people you know that are, have lost loved ones. Some people that are sick. Write down their names and pray for them. Lift up requests to God. Let, let me remind you something about prayer. We, 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 there are people who have already lost uh, friends and family. And, and we can comfort. God uses us to comfort. I want you to think about this. God is the God of comfort, and he can use us to comfort other people. So at this time, as we pray for them, we can comfort them. Here's a verse that, a little section that I love, because sometimes we don't think about this, but look what it says. Paul writes to the Corinthians, he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies. Now watch this. And God of all comfort. God is a God of comforts. And then he goes on and says, who comforts us in all our affliction. So as things come into our lives, God is there to comfort us. And then notice this, who comforts us in all our affliction so that we will be able to comfort those who are in any way affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted. He actually says, God comforts us so that we'll be able to comfort other people when they go through the same thing we go through. So at this time, be praying. Be praying for people. Pray for those who have lost loved ones. Pray that God will use you to help comfort them in some way. Just pray, and that, that's a great opportunity. It keeps your fellowship with God open, and it helps others. There's a second thing that we can do, and that is to proclaim the message of Jesus Christ. I mean, this, our world needs the answer. Our world is looking for all kinds of answers. They think, we've got to find a vaccine. We've got to find this. We've got to do this. We've got to protect this. We can't shake hands anymore. We can't do this. Listen, our world needs the message of Jesus Christ. Our world needs the greatest message of all. We have the message that can bring hope to our world, and it is the hope of eternal life. So get ready. Get ready to share the great message. Be ready to let other people know. You know, we, we have, a, we have a, a, a means to do that. When we have a Sunday morning and we get to do this on Facebook Live, it goes out all over the world. And people all over the world can hear the great message. You can do the same thing. In fact, you can text it. You can Zoom. You can, you can uh, use your Facebook. You can email. You can do all kinds of things to spread the message of Jesus Christ. And so as you have that same little notebook that you wrote down people to pray for, also wrote, write down people that you can pray for that you would get an opportunity to tell them about Jesus Christ. I mean, that, that they, they might know the gospel, that you might get to tell them the greatest message of all. And, you know, we do have the greatest message. When we talk about the hope of eternal life, we mean that Jesus Christ gives eternal life, a life forever with him eternally 
by faith alone in Christ alone. It is not our works. I think the, the greatest message I heard when I was 19 years old, because I always thought you had to do good to go to heaven. I thought you had to be good. And when I heard the message that all the goodness I ever did could not take care of, of any of my sin or badness, but Jesus had done it all. He'd already paid the penalty. He died. He rose again. And he was giving to me a gift and the gift was eternal life simply by faith. We get to tell people that they can have eternal life as a gift by faith alone in Christ alone. So in this time, let's tell it. Let's be ready. Let's be bold. Let's be bold. The third thing that we can do in the midst of all this is we just got to trust him. I mean, there are all kinds of things going on day in and day out, and we just have to trust him. Remember, he loves us. He's in control, even in a fallen world, and, and we've got to trust him. And I want you to realize something. God is our comfort and strength. He is our protector. So I want to show you something. Just move from John and turn, if you would, to Psalm 18. Psalm 18. I hope you have a Bible with you. I'm going to go to three places very, very quickly. They're all going to be close together so you can see them. Turn to Psalm 18, and, and I want you to understand that we can trust him because he is our comfort. He is our strength. He is our protector. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be afraid. Look at this. Look at Psalm 18. Look at this, and I'm going to put it up like this, Psalm 18. Look at verses 1, 2, and 3. He says, I love you, O Lord. This is, of course, a, a, a psalm of David. And he says, I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation and my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. And I am saved from my enemy. When you look at that, he is the rock. He will not be moved. He is the refuge. He is our hiding place. He is our shield. He is our protection. As we wake up in the morning, we, some people are saying, oh, I hope I don't get this. Oh, no, what's going to happen here? Listen, he is our strength. He is our rock. He is our refuge. He is our shield. He is our stronghold. I want you to do this. Turn to Psalm 27. So that's just a few pages. If your Bible is like mine, Psalm 27. And we're going to look at verses 1, 2, and 3 there as well. Look what he says. Psalm 127. Look at verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Who shall I fear? The Lord is my defense of my life. What shall I dread? Look how he starts off. He's my light and my salvation. Who shall I be afraid of? We don't have to be afraid of anything. Look what he goes on to say. When evildoers came upon me to devour my flesh, my adversaries, my enemies, they stumble and fail. Watch this. Though a host encamp about me, I will not fear. My heart will not fear. The war rise up against me in spite of this. I will be confident. I've got one more. Turn to Psalm 46. Just turn a few pages up in your Bible to Psalm 46. And look what he says. This is a psalm, of Agab, a psalm of the sons of Korah. They were the priests. And listen to what he says. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Now watch this. There will not be fear, though the whole earth should change. A lot of people are saying the whole earth has changed. The whole world is shut down. Everybody's afraid. The whole world has changed. We will not fear, though the whole earth should change, though the mountains could slip into the heart of the sea. Though its water roar and foam, though the mountains quake and the swelling pride, we're not going to be afraid. He is our refuge. He is our strength. Even if the whole world looks like it's falling apart, He is there for us. Be still. Verse 10 goes down to say, Be still and know that I am God. That takes us to the fourth one, and that is this. Study the Bible. Listen, we got some, some of us have more time than we've ever had 
in a long, long time. We all have to go home. Some people are working from home. Some people just, right now, can't even get to work. And so use this time to dig the scripture, to dig it, to study it, to read it, to memorize it. In fact, 2 Timothy says, study to show yourself approved to God. A workman need not be ashamed, handling accurately the word of God. Use this time. To, to dig deeper. I mean, I know people and they're staying at home and they're saying, I'm getting so tired of staying at home or I, I can't go anywhere or do anything. Well, take this time maybe to, to dig the scripture, to, to look at it, to, to look at it. Maybe there's a book that you've always wanted to study, like in Philippians or Ephesians or something. Maybe it's just a, a subject you've always wanted to look at. Maybe you want to go ahead and keep studying Matthew 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, getting ready that when we get back in it next week that you'll, you'll, you'll have looked at it and you see it and maybe in more detail. Use this time. And listen, I'm there. I love it. I love to study the Bible. So if you've got a question, if you're studying the Bible, you've got a question or, or a, some kind of Bible question or just anything, just call me. Call at the church and, 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 or leave a message or text me or anything, and I'll be glad to email me. I mean, I'll be glad to try to go over it with you. We'll have a great time looking at the Bible together. That takes us really to the last thing. And that is got to keep in touch with each other. And this is important. We've seen what we know and how God loves us and he's in control and it's a fallen world, but we can trust him in the fallen world and, and that he's going to work out his plan. And then we've seen what we're to do, and that's, you know, to pray for one another and to, to study the Bible and uh, trust him and all of those things. Well, this last one is keep in touch with each other. And we've got to do that because we're separated we're separated. I, I think what's going to happen is when we get to come back together, I think it's going to be amazing because I think oftentimes we've taken for granted that we can meet and love each other and talk and share and have a great time and worship together. And all, and all of a sudden, when we can't do that, we realize that it's frustrating that we can't be together. And we realize that we can't go to each other's houses. We can't go out to eat. We can't just go meet with each other and so when that time comes that we can be together, I think it's going to be really exciting. But right now, we've got to stay in contact with each other. You've got to call each other. Do the Zoom thing. Somebody told me about Zoom, and, you know, uh, Rebecca is my friend, and she told me about Zoom, and then somebody else told me about Zoom, and so we got Zoom, and I realized Zoom is pretty, pretty fun. You know, you can click on these buttons, and all of a sudden, there's everybody sitting there, and so if you don't have Zoom, get Zoom somehow, and connect with your family by Zoom, or connect with, with your friends, or, or your grow group, and text each other, keep in touch. In fact, I think one of the things that the grow groups need to be doing, because remember, we don't get to meet together right now, is maybe if you're host, or if you're... Uh, facilitator, if y'all could put together, get a Zoom going and, and maybe get a time that the whole group can come together and, and talk with each other and, and keep in contact. We need each other and we miss each other. It is so good when we can come together. Do not lose your connection with your family and your friends and fellow believers. It is very easy at a time like this. I'm not even sure how long it's been, but it's been, what, five or six or seven weeks now, I don't even know how many weeks it's been that we've not actually had a service. Uh, there was at least five, maybe more. And uh, so think about the fact that we cannot come together. And I think about the right at, on Wednesday nights, we had all these people coming in for the kids' ministry and the youth ministry and the college ministry and all the classes, and all of a sudden, boom, they're shut down. We cannot lose contact with each other. At this time, we need each other more than ever. And I think, I think we're going to be able to gather very soon. And we need each other. Now, let me tell you what we're doing as a, as a church. We're working on different ways to make it as safe as possible and to give you options. And we're going to be talking about that in, in, when we get 
some ideas and when we can start coming back together, we're going to get some information about what we're going to be trying to do because we want it to be where you feel safe, but we want it to be where we can come together and worship. And so I want you to know something. You are not alone. We're all in this thing together. And, and, and so if you've got any needs, call the church. Do not hesitate. Call the church. Let us know what's going on, even if it's just we get a chance to talk with you. Uh, I, you know me, I always try to write notes to everybody, and I'm still trying to write as many notes as possible and get them out to you just to let you know we're all thinking about you and praying for you and, and text messages and everything else. So keep in touch. Do not lose connection with your fellow believers, with your family, with your loved ones. We've got to stay together. So may we remember, think about this. What do we know? May we remember what we know. We know that God loves us, that God is in control, that in a fallen world, bad things happen, that we can trust him, and that God will carry out his plan. I like to look at it this way. God loves us, and he's in control. In a fallen world, bad things happen, so we can trust him, and God will carry out his plan. That's what we know. But what about what we, how we respond? Let's pray. Get that book. Get a little notebook, get a piece of paper, write down names of people you can pray for, and write down names of, of people that, are, have, that you know have gone through some things. Or so, just, just start praying for them and praying for the healthcare people and pray for your family. And then proclaim the message and think about ways you can tell other people about Jesus Christ, whether it's through Zoom or whether it's through a text message or whether it's through Facebook or whether it's through uh, you know, any of these, any ways you can do it. Uh, look for opportunities, pray for opportunities. And then just trust him. we got to. He's the strength and the shield. He is our strength and power. He takes care of us. If the whole world is falling apart, he's always there. Take this time to study the Bible. It may be so exciting that you study the Bible and you look at something and you see something that you've never seen before. Uh, just last Thursday or two... I believe it was last Thursday we did a, maybe two Thursdays ago, we did a little study for Easter for my Thursday morning guys. And we looked at the day that Jesus died and at three days and three nights and all that. I'm not even going to go into details. But as we were studying that, I found something or I saw something that I'd never seen before. Let me just tell you something. That's exciting to study the Bible and you go, oh, I've never seen this. Well, you study the Bible. See things you've never seen before. See things that maybe you've heard or you've been taught. And for, for your own self, you actually see it. So do that. Study the Bible. And then last but not least, let's stay in touch. Stay in touch. I, I, email me. I'd love to get your emails. Text me. I'd love to get it. Call me. I'd love to talk with you. It doesn't make any... I love it. We need to stay in touch with our family, with our friends, and fellow believers. In the times of uncertainty and unknown... We must continue to trust God. We must serve him. We must be lights in a fallen world. We're going to be together soon. By the way, this is going to be over. We're going to be together soon. We're going to be, we're going to be back meeting together, and I guarantee you we're not going to take it for granted as much as we used to. <laughs> we thank God for our Savior, Jesus Christ.